0: Autumn is in the air and Manscaped is here to ensure that you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. By pumpkins, we actually mean your boys. Yeah, Stephen and the twins. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way that you approach caring for your balls. And great news, they've just released their products in the UK, Canada and Australia. Now, let's not forget, it's We're the not best... we about
1: the Australians having an eye you set? not? No. no.
0: Uh, well neither am I actually.
1: They can chuff off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the lawn mower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology which helps reduce grooming accidents. Lads, have you ever had a grooming accident and be completely honest?
2: Only the odd nip and a little bit of needless blood for a bit but nothing oh. like ridiculous no sort of horrific <laughs> halloween horror film scenes mate and I'm too scared to go to the to Yeah so um yeah, I am actually due a little bit of a tidy up down there, so I'm looking forward to using my um, previously used Manscaped equipment. Fantastic. Yeah. And Chris, are, are you- I, I would second what Brookie
1: said. I, I don't think anyone can lie if they do look after themselves and say they've never had a little accident. Yeah. But um, due to having the new Manscaped product means I will never have an accident again.
0: I love it. Well, look, they've got a, a, an ear and nose hair trimmer as well. It's called the Weed Whacker. They've got the Crop Care Kit. We like that, by the way. I've, I've used that ball deodorant. It's brilliant. Really, really nice. I don't know. I don't really know why, but feels nice and fresh down there. It's very good. Crop mop ball wipes, crop cleanser body wash, a full body wash that you can also use on your hair, on your head. Not that I've got much of it, so mine will probably last me a while. Be
2: careful, mate. Be careful.
0: I just thought I'd get that in before you guys started as well. And if you've suffered, suffered from stank foot or you stand on your feet all day, Um, there's a product for you, the Foot Duster Foot Deodorant. It's a free gift as well when you order this. So that's pretty good. Loads of stuff to go at as well. Um, And the reason that we're kind of mentioning this to you is because we've got a a code, haven't we, Chris? Is it Barmy Army, I'm guessing? We
1: have, yes, absolutely. So you can get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code Barmy Army in block capitals. Make your balls a priority this fall.
0: Masterfully done. And like we said before, I use mine the other week and you, you can eat your dinner off it. And a very warm welcome to the Shackles rock podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome along. And if you're an old listener, well, welcome back. Uh, we've got another belting episode on the way for you as well. And thanks for downloading the Sam Billings podcast and also the Phil The Freitas one before that as well. And we've got some more stellar guests coming up in the next few weeks to keep everybody busy during the end of this lockdown period and throughout the festive period as well. Um, Chris Millard, Jack Brooks... How's Tricks, folks? I mean, if you are just listening to this, you won't be able to see Brooksy, but if you are watching on our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see uh, Brooksy looking like, I mean, just looks like a hospital patient. Oh, he's got his crutches there as well. Brooksy, how are you?
2: All right, Cocker. <laughs> how are we doing? I'm all right. I've just, um, yeah, propped myself up with a pillow and I'm in bed at my, uh, my girlfriend's apartment in London. It does look like I'm in a. Hospital environment though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Probably a bright white T-shirt doesn't help, but um, <laughs> promise sure you, I've got pants on and everything. But yeah, still recovering from my surgery. I'm able to hobble around on crutches right now, but haven't really done a lot for about a month or so. But um, yeah, all good, boys. All good.
0: Good stuff, Millard. Um, I mean, you you come bringing some beer news as well, don't you? This is great. I lo- love the sound of this. Tell tell us more.
1: Do indeed, indeed. Yes, we um this week. We have launched our 25th anniversary beer, ale, prosecco, all available at barmyarmy.com. We wanted to do something for Christmas, essentially. We've been cooped up with no travel and no cricket and nothing to write home about. So we thought we'd do an anniversary beer for you guys. Um, And girls, there's there's prosecco on there and there's ale, there's lagers for anyone who likes it. I know I quite like a prosecco myself and I'm more than happy to admit that. Um, But no, it's really nice ale, really nice lager, and the Prosecco is just Prosecco. I think they all taste the same, but someone can tell me otherwise. It's not champagne. It's definitely not champagne. (laughs) Um, You'll see that when you see the pricing, but it's all on barmyarmy.com. And please, please let us know if you like it or not. Please take a picture enjoying the Barmy Army 25th anniversary beer, send it in, and we'll feature you on the podcast, and we might send you some more goodies as well. So we want to see you all enjoying our Christmas tip whilst listening to the podcast.
0: It would be pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be nice. Get in touch with us on social media, England's Barmy Army on Instagram and uh, Barmy Army on Twitter, etc. And also, um, I mean, what are your thoughts on Prosecco, by the way, before we move on to some of our correspondence from listeners? I think Prosecco is like a new thing that's just, you? isn't it? It's like, a, 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 I'm sure five years ago, Prose- I know Prosecco existed, but it wasn't now everybody's like, oh, Prosecco. It's like, it's like a thing, isn't it? You know what I mean? I I quite oh, like it.
2: Busy neck in VK blues when you were at Leeds Uni, mate.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: That that's proper
1: stuff. That VK Blues, tropical. Yeah, quids in, headingly. Those were the days, weren't they?
0: Yeah, but mums and girlfriends aren't going to stand much. around at Christmas with a blue W K D, are they? Or like five of them in each hand, like we used to do.
1: Well, <laughs> hang on. Sheffield, we do. Mate.
0: Anything goes, do it? <laughs> that is true. You've
1: not lived if you hadn't had a Christmas red VK.
0: Well, I might have to just try the Prosecco and see if I can do that instead. Yeah,
1: lovely lovely bubbles. Um, we've, We've actually teamed up with Little Messers Brewing, who are a new brewery based in Sheffield, where the Barney Army HQ is. So really interested to hear your feedback on the beer as well. Something that we know that our members like. We've done it before and we're doing it again.
0: Love that. That sounds good. We've got a bit of correspondence in as well. Um, really enjoyed listening to Sam Billings. Posh but nice as pie. I quite enjoy that. Um, always enjoy the podcast. And if you could give my pal Big H a get well soon shout, hoping to see him score some runs next year in our local village league here in Gloucestershire, and that's from Dean. So big H, big get well awesome soon. H. Nice one. And um yeah.
2: Get well soon, big fella.
0: Yeah, exactly. We've, um,
2: we've also had a few
1: survey responses in. Right. Um, a few references to the podcast in there. So thank you guys for referencing the podcast in there. Someone actually said, please get more county cricketers on as well as the international players um, if you can, which is great feedback. and um, We'll try our best. We, we are trying to get as many players on for you as possible. But if you want a special guest on there, someone you would really like to listen to, we can pretty much get to anyone, we think, within <laughs> yeah. the game with a little bit of effort, so let us know and we'll try and get them on.
0: Yeah, I like that. If there's a bit of clamour for certain people, we can try and target them. Also, we've got another one in as well from Lauren Hunter. Phil the top man. Used to love watching him for England back in the day, properly underrated. Love the mix of old and current players, which I, I, I love that as well. It's quite good. So thanks for, Lauren, for getting into it. One touch.
1: thing that I need to mention, chaps, which I actually sent you on our shackles are off whatsapp is my mum's text that she sent me when she listened to the daffy podcast um she sent me a, a, a screenshot of a picture of a manscaped advert saying is this what i just heard about on your podcast i went yes with a few crying laughing emojis as people will know and then her reply was was pretty awful to be honest i might get data sets. For Christmas. Oh no! <laughs> How do you think of
2: that? Oh. Your dad's got a bit of uh, bush going on, is he?
0: Wow.
2: I've no idea, Brooksy. That's incri- cultivating something down there
0: That's I. I don't really know what to say to that, to be honest. Oh wow. Um. I mean, eat your dinner off it? Was that the phrase that we used? <laughs> <laughs> it's the phrase
1: that you used.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to, I, was, anyone else I, I was trying to paint you with the same brush, lads, that's all. You used it. <laughs> um, also, another thing, my, my favourite thing this week as well, um, it wasn't really directly connected to us um or it was actually just a, a tweet generally sent that we, we then became aware of It was from your mate brooksy who said that the new oxford vaccine <laughs> was the was the best oxford export since you which i i really liked
2: <laughs> very funny yeah dan whiting of uh the middle stump fame on on twitter he's um he's a top man he's had a few cricket books out and he decent little um journal on cricket very funny guy um he does chirp up with gags about me now and again but that one's um Pretty amusing. It made me chuckle when I saw
0: it. <laughs> I agree with him. Yeah, the Oxford vaccine.
2: All good, all good things come out of Oxford, don't they? Nothing bad comes out of Oxford. No, of no you...
0: <laughs>
2: Me and a vaccine for the uh, coronavirus. <laughs>
0: and as we record it's this, already, Oxford it? United yeah. are about to kick off against Portsmouth, aren't they? So how are they getting on? Have they just? Um,
2: it's it's nearly half time, and we're one 0 down.
0: Uh, oh really? Oh dear! Oh
2: dear! One uh, Tough tough start to the season. Yeah,
1: not the best, but we've got more points than Sheffield United
0: this year, uh, we'll be in a different division. And uh, but... I'm, I'm Wednesday, I think, uh, so we're, we're both really? in the same boat, mate. Uh, right, moving on. Um, <laughs> our next guest is Graham Onions, who was a Barmy Army fan favourite. Didn't play as much as he should have, I mean, because of his injuries and, and what whatnot, and also the fact Messrs. Broad and Anderson were kind of in their pomp as. Mr. Onions was sort of trying to stake a claim to get in the England team more regularly. But we spoke to him, didn't we, last week? And he was great, really, sort of insightful. Played with some great players. He's had a fantastic county career and stuff as well. Um, Brooksy, if, you'll you'll like Graham Onions. will have come up against him a lot in county cricket and stuff as well. I and mean, he was good, good to talk to him.
2: Yeah, I played against him a lot. He's someone I kind of looked up to in a way because similar age. And he was always that sort of level above in terms of he was in the England team and should have been probably played a lot more if it wasn't for, like you said, Brawland-Anderson, um, which is, you look back, you like, regret, but at the same time, it's nice to have played in that area with those guys. Obviously a big character on the circuit. Um, some of the worst chat as a bowler in terms of his sledging, it was just stinking. Um, but a real great competitor and very, very good performer, um, especially with a new ball in hand. And, um, you, know, you know, I know what the biggest shame is of obviously him retiring this year and not kind of getting a send-up because there's no crowds and he wasn't able to sort of go out on his own terms. I don't know what your thoughts are as a sort of sportsman this year, especially in rugby, I finished him like a month ago. But you're getting all these sportsmen who have had long, distinguished careers who are just sort of retiring in front of nobody, whether they've won a trophy or not. And it's just a bit of a damp squib at the, at the end of your career, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's pretty... It's, it's pretty... Sad, isn't it? But what a career he's had!
1: What an amazing career that he's had, and that debut. Exactly. Talk to him about that. But but also, we we've got to make sure that we reference his brilliant songs.
0: Yeah, well actually actually Chris on the recording you actually do speak to him and and, and ask him about it and sing the songs to him actually. So you talk about send-offs, Brooksy. What could be better than sitting on Zoom in your front room and having Millard sing a few Barmy Army songs to you? That's better than that's better than five or six thousand old Trafford, isn't
2: it? I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I want I want Millard to sing me songs when I retire. Yeah um, I will do Brooksy, but I'm just sorry, Greg, Yeah
1: probably wasn't listening when you did the intro to this podcast <laughs> I was playing on like we were, we were going to record it after but yeah uh, oh no smoking
0: mirrors no come on yeah I'll be
1: a bit clearer when you're telling me what you're doing this, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just drifting away and I'm playing the old card we played for so many years but sorry listeners yet yeah, he we sing his song he talks about his debut <laughs> he talks about retirement it's a belter
0: like. it is a belter I'll tell you what less of us pretending when or when we didn't record this and let's just actually listen to when we talk to Graham Onions. Uh, uh, shambles. <laughs> it is the shackles are our podcast, which is, as Brooksy says, a shambles. <laughs> <laughs> quite a boring question but I was reading earlier um, it started at a Gateshead leisure centre for you uh, Graham
3: <laughs> It did yeah um, I mean I think I always had a passion for playing sport uh, I played cricket at school um, I wouldn't necessarily say I got bullied at school but I kind of had a um, I had a passion for playing cricket but then nobody else it was like it was football hockey and rugby um, a bit of a funny story is I, 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 I played rugby for the first time and I, and I tackled like the hardest lad in the year and he was this he was this tough lad and I tackled him quite well and then he punched us in the nose so I never played again so I was like right okay <laughs> so I was like so of course he, he got into trouble got put on report and I was cried a little bit I was I was young I was like 17 no I'm only joking I was a bit younger than that and then <laughs> I went I just thought right I'm, I'm just going to carry on the cricket I don't think rugby's my thing um, and and once again, I, I just I just remember little little moments of, like for example, going to Gateshead Leisure Centre, walking there, and um, with my mom and dad coming out the gates. And it, there were, I remember two two girls that would get on the bus, and I thought, you know, they were qu- quite pretty girls at the time, and, and about fifteen year old, and I was full fully kitted out in my whites, carrying my bag on my shoulder, like going to the Gateshead Leisure Centre, and they just laughed at me. But actually, it didn't. It, to be honest it didn't stop me from playing and I think a lot of people would have been like right okay I'm not going to do that because that's not cool either Um, but I I think I just I just love the game I just I I love the the feeling of being within a team Um, always want to get better it's something that has has potentially held me back um, which I'm sure we'll discuss at some stage but also pushed me as, as far as I possibly can but you're right I used to, I just used to go to Gator Leisure Centre Jeff Cook was there he came down to watch at one stage he was in the northeast cricket in terms an absolute legend um and yeah it, the journey kind of began from there really I went I mean I could talk for ages about this so yeah, yeah go for it
0: yeah please do just,
3: just we love it stop me um I just you just said look would you mind come and have a chat? And I so I kind of went up the steps and talked to him. And I was like, "Dear yeah, I mean this is Jeff Cook." But I didn't, have, I didn't have a clue potentially how how good I could be or what the journey could could be with a, you know, being a professional cricketer. So he just turned around and said, "Look, would you would you like to come and have a ball at one of the at one of the lads tomorrow and, and kind of be involved with the thing?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, of course I would," have, you know playing against something like that, or, or training with some of the professionals and stuff. And I was probably, to be fair, I was probably around about 17. So I was getting to a stage where you're on the cusp of, do you, do you potentially make it or do you not? And obviously I could bowl quick, but I had no real control. Um, literally a couple of days later, I went down to Durham and it was I was bowling at Martin Love. Uh, he had just got off the flight. Unbelievable player. He was all overseas at the time. He had a woolly hat on uh, in, the, in the net, which were up and down. Um, he had a helmet on, over the top um, absolutely freezing just got off a of flight and there's me tearing in bowling as fast as I could bowling bouncers you must have be been thinking what's this guy doing and then it was just you know a few weeks later I got um, I got off my first can- contract Um I sat down once again with Jeff Cook at uh, the, the bar called Austin's at the time at, the, at Durham and I had my mum on my left and my dad on the right and Jeff Cook just said look would you would you like to be a professional cricketer? And I was like, absolutely. I would absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, But I was just, I, it, I was at that stage where I was like, right, so I was sending me UCAS forms away. I'd just done um, a pretend A level. So I did a GMVQ and I got, a, I got a distinction in that. Um <laughs> So I kind I of, you know, I got, I got my grades, but I, yeah, you know, as soon as he mentioned about playing sport, I was like, yeah, count me in. I just said to my mom, dad, can I do it? They just said, look, follow your dreams type of thing. And, you know, the rest of it now is, especially in the stage where I am now in my career, I can look back now and actually go, you know, that was actually quite a, that was a really good time in my life.
0: That's awesome. That. I mean, what a question to be asked. Do you want to be a professional cricketer? I mean, people have asked me that. I've said, yeah. And then they've gone, well, you're not going to be some of crap. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. that's awesome. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, so you must have, look. You, everyone's kind of modest at that, but you, you must have had a lot of talent. Did you play England age groups, or were you playing kind of you know that kind of stuff to schoolboys and all that? I,
3: I, so I played. I played So I, I mean, because you might know this a little bit, but obviously you you want to get picked for England in the 19s. But I got picked for. Um, the the Doe Eleven, which is like development of excellence Eleven, which is basically like the team underneath that level. So I just wasn't quite good enough to go up to that stage. And there was players. I don't know who was in that group, but that crop of players. It's probably a lot of the, like you know Broads and and Presidents who I who I didn't know at the time, but I kind of obviously over the years I've got to know. Um, and I remember there was there was like me and me Philip Musters, who were just the kind of raw rough diamonds as such, I think I can look back on now and think, you know, we had that 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 talent, but we just didn't quite have the ability right there and then. Um and I remember going to Abergavenny in Wales and playing against the team there and we roomed together and it was awesome. It was great. It was a but we just as I said we I, I didn't I didn't play those levels. Um and that's probably it was probably a good thing. I didn't get pushed into it. I didn't get overcoached. I just kinda just followed the, the dream as such and just kind of kept, kept on playing and, and, and it, it's kind of worked out alright More than one question, one question on that Bunny do you reckon about being rough diamonds because I've always seen myself as a,
2: a bit of that because I was a bit late and my sort of route mm. in but you were a state school lad as well weren't you? Yeah absolutely yeah and obviously um, Colonel would have been as well do you think how much of an impact it's having a, there's a bit of conversation going around in cricket at the minute about state school public school and opportunities and all this sort of stuff do you, are you you happy? Like, looking back, do you think maybe if i have had a scholarship, I might not have been as rough, could have been polished
3: up a bit more? Are you like, nah, I, want, I like my way I've got in, I wouldn't have changed it? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question, Brooksy. I don't think I've, well, I've, certainly not got any regrets. I've got no problem with the way it's kind of gone. Potentially, could it have sped up the process of, of um, so for example, the first four years of me being a professional player, I averaged 34 and I would go at five and over. But I would get wickets, so I get fifty wickets at a good strike rate. Strike rate, but I would go for a lot of runs, and I, you know, I struck. I had some ups and downs. So I was generally thinking, "Oh, I'm getting wickets, but I'm not enjoying it. Getting smacked, you know, smacked all over the place." So, it potentially. So, for example, with me being at the at a college at the moment, and they've got access to you know three or four quality coaches, that you know, it has to speed up the process. But also, I quite enjoyed not getting coached as such. Like, you know, Jeff Cook was never a a technical coach. It was all about go out there and learn and just, just, if you want to do it, go out there and play the game and almost just be as good as you can be. Just practice. Uh, And I've got a lot of time for that. I really don't. I think a lot of people go massively in technical and just try and change you. and, And it's all... Robotic as such, and, and I just don't. I, that's just not me at all. Like I, I think if I got over coached, I probably wouldn't have played, or I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. Um, yeah. The other thing as well, kind of going off it a little bit, is I played badminton at a really high level. I thought that was a really good thing for me. I kind of mixed and matched in between the two sports, and I think it worked really well. Um, give you a game sometime. I used to play county badminton when I was a kid. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's where you can't. You've got a dodgy right hand. I was going to say, we're I'm, both I'm back now, Graham
2: so. at the minute, to be honest. Our yeah. <laughs> mobility around the court might not be that great anymore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't, bet. I can't even pick the shuttle up at the minute, so don't worry. <laughs>
0: God, like it sounds like get- a really good game of badminton this one, lads. Bloody <laughs> yeah, eh? it
2: veterans. Um, on, a, on a serious note, you mentioned Jeff Cook a couple of times, and we've had. Um, who uh, we've had another lad on from Durham on, on this before, and I think anyone you ever speak to in Durham cricket, um, obviously since its professional inception, the early nineties, Jeff would have been there involved. How much of an influence has he been on on Durham? Because I think if you speak to anybody from Durham cricket, they would they would mention Jeff pretty much straight away at some point.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean. We... <laughs> He was like a father figure, uh, and a lot of my coaching has, has been, um, and, and actually, to be fair, playing as well is, you know, is is with a lot of respect for him, and he's he's kind of put Durham on the map, and we had some some seriously golden, like a neat golden era, era there where we just we just had an unbelievable team, um, but also we had we had good players of course, but we were we were led in the right direction. There was no real pressure as such. Oh, he certainly did it in a way where he took the pressure off us and just let us perform. Um, you know, we'd play a lot of games. We wouldn't go in the nets and, I suppose, challenge us all the time. It was just like, look, it's okay. You can have a bad net. Walk out of it and, and learn from it and it's fine. Um, of course, there's times where you may be, um, you, you need a little bit of a kick up the backside. But also there's times where you just think, look, it's fine, don't worry. You're just a young kid learning your, you know, learning your game. And, and of course, everybody wants to, you know, play for first team or play for England from a really young age. But actually, just just enjoy the dream as such.
2: Yeah, yeah you probably most of you were from the Durham area as well, so you would have had a togetherness which would have added to it as well. When you, you could always get yeah, we, uh, just playing against Durham like so together as a team, even if they were an underdog going into the game, they just had the attitude and a bit of fight about them, the togetherness that so they were going to stick together regardless.
3: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that, that's the feeling that we wanted. We always felt as though... I mean, there was a lot of games where we didn't have overseas. Um, but actually, we had an overseas, like a 12th man, because we were together as a team. Um, and especially at Durham, you know, if you if you potentially win that first session, you're just all over teams. I mean, I remember playing against teams like Sussex, um, where or Somerset, for example, where they're really good pitchers. As soon as they come to places like Durham and they lose that first hour... They're just gone, you know, mentally gone. And we had that real belief that if you get on top of teams, you'll 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 dominate them. I mean, it didn't always go that way, of course, it didn't, because you can lose wickets and clusters. Um, but we certainly had lads that were fighting for each other. You know, I would be bowling at one end for the guy at the other end, and he'd be doing it. And you know, we were creating that environment. But you know, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Well, look, we'll come on. We'll talk a bit more about Durham. We'll come back to Durham a little bit, but we will get to, we want to talk about you. Because uh, you know <laughs> it's gonna be boring. No, it's not. It's great because look, you know, you you. It's interesting actually that you you were sort of in and around England squads from sort of like two thousand and six ish, but never really got a full sniff, did you? Like, well, you, you didn't actually play until two thousand and nine. So, what what was that like? Was that frustrating, or were you just kind of happy to be around the squad and around some of those players that were obviously, you know, they've got loads of caps under the belt?
3: Yeah, um, I'm a bit older now, so I can't remember exactly, you know, back in those days. But I think I just, I think I was kind of, I think the call-up in 2009 was was probably the right time for me. Um, I kind of got into some really good form. I, I think it came at a time where I was like, I was ready to go and I was ready to play. Um, you know, if, potentially if it came in 2008, even though I was taken away, because, you know, I possibly wasn't ready and I... I I potentially could have been undone. I think the, the probably the disappointing thing is that when I got to 2009, I was really in my prime. I felt as though well I was going in the right direction. That's when I didn't play potentially as much as I would have liked um, or maybe deserved if, if if I want to put it that way. But I just, as I said, I've got no regrets. I mean, I, 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 I loved, another great coach of mine was Kevin Shine, um, a, a really good mate, but also somebody who was just there for me all the time. Um, he, just helped me along my journey so that as I said 2006 to you know to that 2009 when I played you know Jeff Cook and all and, and Kevin Shine were two massive influences that that in that three years I developed a, you know a hell of a lot mm. um and you know potentially that three years there going back to the, the earlier point was the three years if I'd went a, you know a school where I had loads of influences at a younger age I potentially could have closed that gap to a year if that makes sense instead of yeah. the three years but uh, it wasn't to be, and you know, two thousand and nine eventually came, and it was a dream.
1: Well, yeah, I was just about to go on to that, Graham. You made the most of it in two thousand and nine with your um, with your debut game. Fond memories of that day, I bet.
3: Yeah, unbelievable. Um, obviously, mum and dad there. Um, just, I mean, obviously at, at Lords and playing against the West Indies, some unbelievable players. Um Just unsure what to kind of expect from the day and and you know the rest of the journey going forward. Um, I've always believed that you know you play you you play every game as though it's your last type of thing. So um, that it was a dream. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Obviously, the first wicket of of Lendl Simmons and Court Strauss. Um, I've always had a good record at Lords. I've enjoyed that way where you you know my my lines have fallen close to the stumps and attacking off stump. And either, you know, with the slope or, or down, you know, down the hill. Um, kind of makes no difference really. you get the ball to nip around a little bit and and yeah, that was a didn't start very well to be fair. I think I bowled two of us for 20, so I was under the pump a little bit. Uh, but then <laughs> it yeah, it, it, ended, it ended up you know walking off the field a pretty, pretty proud man, to be fair.
0: So.
1: Amazing. And I think there's some some pretty impressive wickets in the in the first five for... Um, we we like yeah that that'll do me test debut done five for so that'll do don't want to play again don't want to take the shine off it week. I'm sure you were raring to go for the next <laughs> test
3: though well I got a couple of the absolute belting wickets have caught caught down the leg side as well so I think you're being quite generous there um, <laughs> but no I, I I mean I was I was potentially a little bit expensive but then also like look I, I've got half of my name's still the honors board I'm not really bothered you know I I worked hard for that that time. Um, you know, I've got the ball upstairs. I, I just remember. I mean, one of the one of the amazing things, in, in, in Brooksfield on all this, is that when you get your, you get your cap, it's a, it's a it's a really proud moment, and it's something that you cherish. And I got it from a hero, Darren Goff. Mm-hmm. Um, people still eyes well, a hero. I just loved, and and, and Dale stands me hero as well. I just love the passion on the field. I love the way that they they go about their work. But I also think it, you know, it's good. It's good to have a bit of. Bit of fun as well, you know. People forget that, and it's all, you know, a bit uh, the pressure of, of international cricket or whatever. Um, and, and it, it, you know, he, he gave me cap me and up on the same day, and, and it was amazing. Yeah, it was just, you know, a really special day. And, um, you know, as I said, my family were there, and they were, they were. They had a fair few glasses of champagne as well. So they were they were well on the way when I saw them at about seven o'clock to congratulate.
0: <laughs> right. We're just going to break away from the podcast then to talk to Chris and also his colleague, uh, Becky, because guys, you've launched something that's going to be quite significant. And if you are a cricket fan and you're listening to this podcast, it may just catch your attention. So Chris, tell, tell me what it is and what it's all about.
1: Thank you Greggy. We are delighted to to launch the International Cricket Supporters Committee which is very much a committee to bring together all the fans from around the world that are in supporters group to give fans a global voice. Throughout the World Cup in 2019 we got to know a lot of the other fan groups really well and we we know them from touring all the cricket playing countries throughout the world and and we thought that over the next couple of years can we do something to to give fans more of a global voice in the game and I'm I'm very pleased that someone shared my passion for this, and that is Becky, who is on the show with us now. And Becky has helped me no end come to terms with what it is we're trying to do, what we're trying to launch. And we're here now and we're, we're launching and we're very proud of, of where it's at at the minute. Bex, um works for the Cricket Supporters Association. She runs it at the minute. So something that we're also very passionate about in the UK. And, um, and she's been an absolute godsend, to be honest, getting us to this stage. So <laughs> Thanks, Bex.
4: <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. No, it's a brilliant project. And as Chris said, it is very much about giving fans a global voice within the game. As the Cricket Support Association, that's what we're all about. We are literally set up to give fans a voice because... We believe passionately, and I know Chris and the Barmy Army guys do as well, that fans do have a really positive role to play within cricket. And quite often decisions are made where perhaps fans are kind of the last people to be thought about and are presented with. This is the fate complete. This is what's happening within the game. And we just very much felt that, you know, obviously, in a UK level, this is what we do. And obviously, we have a great partnership with the farming army as well. Great support from them for that. But then globally, let's see what else we can do. And I mean, amazingly, we've already got eight other national fan organisations signed up. So and that's ranging from Barra Army... Astani Army, Bangladesh Cricket Sports Association to Richie's and Beige Brigade and the Caribbean podcast. And, you know, loads of different partners already signed up. And so I love this stat that we already represent I, with the International Cricket Sporters Committee already represent over a million cricket fans across wow. the world. So.
0: Fantastic. So That's pretty cool. Well, it is. I mean, it is That's a big number of people. And there's actually far more fans out there, isn't there, as well, you know, to, to kind of get on board with it. So when you say represent and give them a voice, is that around ticketing? Is it around just general kind of support? You know, do you tell me what, what this is about?
4: Absolutely. So it's kind of, there's two things. So it is, it's looking at the kind of global issues that there are within the game. So ticketing, scheduling diversity kind of racism you know some of the really big chunky stuff but then it's also sharing kind of best practice so when you're touring went to different communities what you know within that country what what are the kind of local knowledge and that that we should know and the insight so it's kind of two things it's giving um fans a voice through their national organization's their fan organisations being members of the committee. But as we kind of say as well, it is also about just sharing experiences, sharing knowledge, and then giving other the kind of stakeholders within the game, so the ICC and other global partners, the opportunity to have somewhere to come and say, what do you think about this? Or this is, a you know, what's going to happen with this? And so, you know, there's a lot of different elements to it. And I just, you know, we're so chuffed that eight... Um, organizations have already signed up and and as chris and i have talked about it and it's like we're looking for others to sign up so you know it's very much a case if you run a national kind of organize fan organization get in contact with us and let us know and then hopefully you can join the committee as well
1: absolutely great point but great point with this podcast being listened to in over 110 countries there must be people out there that know supporters groups that represent different parts of the world Please do get in touch, info at uh, as you know from listening to this podcast, and we will try and get you involved with International Supporters Committee. But I think the biggest and most important thing from me is that we want to share the Barmy Army expertise that we've learned over 25 years of touring with other fan groups and just show them how big they can be if they really want to be. And also how much fun they can have touring and supporting their cricket team.
0: Absolutely. It's a great message to send. Um, Guys, thank you very much for that. If you do want to get in touch, do get in touch in the ways that Chris has just told you to. Walk into that side and that dressing room and stuff. Well, you because you'd been around the squad? I'm guessing it's different. You weren't kind of like the young pup, and it wasn't like a oh my word. There was no probably no awe. You probably knew most of the lads and played against them and had competitive sort of cricket against them. It's quite a different environment to sort of what we hear it's like off some of the younger lads now who go in. I mean, was it still a little bit? of you have got to prove yourself until we start treating you like one of the boys, or was it just you know this guy's a solid professional and he's clearly a very good cricketer? And I suppose then obviously your debut helps as well when you've sort of come off having had loads of success. <laughs> but what what was that like that that kind of environment? Because I know you know I know it's only eleven years ago, but it seems to have changed a lot. Cricket now in in that sort of sh- short space of time, the dressing room culture thing.
3: Yeah, it does. And it changes so much. I mean, there's so much cricket that gets played at the moment. It's like you go going to different dressing rooms all the time. I mean, you know, RPLs and all of these teams, you, you get the course, you get to know everybody, but it's still, you're still joining a new team. You know, as I said, once again, you know, I, when I joined Lancashire, of course, I, I came with a pretty good, you know, profile behind us. But of course, I'm going to a dressing room that I don't really know the players. Uh, I was lucky at the time I went in with, with Keaton Jennings, uh, who we Naturally, could kind of buddy up a little bit and we could kind of go that way. And and be amazed we've always got somebody to ring or whatever. Uh, but that that England dressing room that I went to, of course, you, you naturally go through the door for starters, you're playing for England, so it's amazing, it's a hell of a journey to start off with. But then also, you've got you know, you uh, remember you got Strauss in the far corner, and um, you, you had Fred on one of the seats, um, who was an absolute legend. He literally came over, I shook my hand, and and Made me feel welcome straight away. Honestly, KP was fantastic as well. He was great. I I I bowled a lot at him. He was he was just he made me feel really welcome. Um, the, the bottom line is that whatever team you go into is, they want you to win. They want you to do well. The natu- I think everyone's been at my stage. They're, they're making a debut in their first squads, and they're they want they don't want you to feel almost like nervous and and, and scared because naturally you will feel that anyway so I think from my point of view is that they try to take the pressure off me as much as I can Um, I mean the funny one with that is is I played against Somerset and I I did really well before I got selected but then the lead up to that test match it rained uh, literally five days in a row and we couldn't train Um, and I've always been a person that I need to bowl like I I just want to bowl all the time Um, and I had to spend so much time with the psychologist saying look I I haven't been able to bowl. I'm not ready to play. Like, I need to... And he was like, Grim, you, you've, you've literally bowled, you know, 350 overs before the test match starts. Like, you would be all right. Don't worry about it. I was <laughs> like, no, I need to get out there. I need to bowl. I need to, I need to bowl on the slope. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I was like, Grim, just re- honestly, just relax. You're bowling beautifully. You're bowling really well. And that, that's... So that was a, a bit of a downside for me because I think I always challenged myself to get better, but I always wanted to bowl. Like, I just wanted to... Every time I went out to play... Was or to train, I was like, right, I want to get better, like all the time. It wasn't just, I want to necessarily get loose. I want to think, right, I want to work on an in swing or a ball, a good bouncer, or ball, a good length, or whatever it might be. Um, so actually, the build up to that test was also still putting myself under pressure to perform. Um, it was good, you know, as I said, it worked out really well in the end. Um, something I'm very proud of,
0: yeah. Amazing! Such a good feel. It's such a good feeling that. And look, you know, touring as well. I mean, that's the thing that we forget, and actually, it's quite a nice thing. I mean, as fans, we certainly don't forget that, Greggy. That well, no. I mean, look, <laughs> what the, we do as fans. It's amazing. And Chris, you know, with the Barmy Army, Chris has been sort of everywhere, all over the world. I've been on a couple of tours as well as a supporter, as a player. I mean, look, you've still got a bit of downtime, haven't you, Graham? So. So, that, I mean, that's nice, isn't it? Because obviously it's hard work, hard work, hard work. But if you've got a little gap between test matches, you can go out and do stuff. So, you must have had a few memorable sort of, you know, little trips around to different spots and um, restaurants. And, you know, Dara mentioned bars as well, you know. And oh, no, no, we,
3: we, we don't do any of that. No, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no I mean, yeah, I, I mean, the, I've got to say that, you know, the fans that, with, you know, with the bar and the army and the, and the, the support of fans is that, it's rude not to have a beer every now and again with them and kind of you know celebrating. You know, you know that, that that game in I think it was in Durban, um, in South Africa. That I'll always remember that one. Oh, you know, we're singing the song and we had Collie, um, kind of doing his, uh, <laughs> that guy's song. doing all that that legend of a man who used to do all the singing. But, you know, what an experience that was. I mean, winning a test match and looking out there and it was, you know, the glass opened and stuff and, and they all chatting and singing stuff. It's like, wow, this is... Honestly, it, it, it's a dream. Um, Can you I was, remember I was still very... the first
1: time you heard your song, Graham?
3: To be honest, first I, I think... I, I, I don't, no, are you going to sing it to me?
1: Well, we, I've got I've got them both, <laughs> thanks to Gilo and Tomo for, for sending me them. But All right, the, OK. The, the, the first one... Um, off Dry low is Onions He's gonna make you cry He's gonna make <laughs> you cry He's gonna make you cry Very good And the other one was um, Who's that coming out to the crease It's Graham Onions It's Graham <laughs> Onions I like that oh, I like I, them both to be honest
3: I didn't even know I had
1: them Yeah Yeah well That's what they Um, That's what they sent, sent me over But I wasn't around back in 2010 When you had your Famous um, 17 deliveries, was it, against the, the best bowler in the world at the time? Is that right?
3: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't want to talk about that too much, about saving, you know, <laughs> saving England and so on. No. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, the floor is it's yours. funny because
2: I laugh about it. Bowlers you know, absolutely love batting, don't they? <laughs> if there's ever a well, chance not... to get a name in lights with a batting, you just don't stop talking about it. <laughs> I can talk about batting more
3: than bowling. <laughs> well you know you're struggling with your ball and when you get remembered for your batting. that's for sure <laughs> um, but no, i mean those that, i mean that test matches I, I I was bowling really nicely i was i was you know i felt as i was in good form i just didn't at the end of the series i you know i didn't get picked for the last test match i got dropped um i got told i was fatigued but i i, I, I was really happy with the way it kind of went um i just didn't get the wickets um i had a lovely chat with uh, Jack Callis at the end of that, just saying, look, you've got a, a huge potential going forward, and, and you know you've had a good series. But coming back to the, the obviously the Batoners, I was quite lucky in a way that a lot of the a lot of that happened really fast. I think if I had my pads on and I was ready to go as such, and that sound silly, but and I was waiting for a long time, I would have been a lot more nervous. I mean, both of the Test matches, especially the Cape Town one, we had Bell and Collingwood. Literally, they were like, oh, this, this is the draw. We, were, we just got, It was just after, to tell you what, absolutely flying, no problem. And then all of it was like, bang, 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 bang. We lost loads of wickets. And I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to get my pads on, yeah? <laughs> Literally strapped my pads on. And I was almost out of the crease going, I, I was out there, you know? And uh, Swanee was there at the time, which is obviously a perfect person to bat with because he started, like, talking in a Geordie accent. <laughs> um, a massive Newcastle fan. And it was just, he just straight away. I was like, right, okay, come on, we can do. We can kind of do it. Um, and then one of the first thing I said, I was like, I can't face Dale Stane I can I just. I so I had to face a couple of balls off him. Luckily, he didn't bowl it straight because otherwise, he would have got me out easy. Um, <laughs> and and but but Swanny was like, what? What? So you'd rather face Morkel and not Stain? I was like, one hundred percent. He was like, "Okay, we've got a deal." He was like, literally, like <laughs> shook my hand in the middle. He was like, "Okay," um, he was like, "literally, come on then, Pet, let's go on. You get that, and I'll get that end." So I was like, um, "Yeah." And then obviously that last over of facing Morkel, uh, the first ball thudded into me, th- thudded into it, and like when it got stuck in me grill, you had Duminy <laughs> and Smith snarling at it, so the ball was stuck in me grill. So I, I was like shaking my head, trying to get the ball. I was like, "Am I actually allowed to?" to Take it out, I was too scared to do anything, yeah. Yeah, oh. um, obviously saying stuff to us in, in Afrikaans, which I'm sure it was fine, but uh, I couldn't <laughs> understand it. Um, then, yeah, I mean, it was obviously massive, massive appeal. Um, kind of backed away a little bit and fended and, and came off my shoulder. Um, massive appeal, not out, yeah. And then the famous, you know, <laughs> you know, they are fist up. It was, um. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously spending time. We uh, we stopped at the one and only hotel as well. I mean, which is just an unbelievable hotel. I was with um, with me, my wife Emma, and stuff. And it was just, you know, visiting vineyards and you know, lovely wine, lovely food, just an incredible place to to go. You know, safaris. Um, I mean, tour t- touring life as a cricketer is. It's just part of the dream, you know. It really is, isn't it? and I, I, I can look back now as once again, and now I've finished. Is I probably took it for granted a little bit. I just kind of, once again, I just I was playing all the time to to get better and to enjoy the journey. But I didn't probably appreciate like Queenstown, flying over the top of Queenstown, and playing on some of these grounds where it's just the most beautiful, picturesque place in the world, and. You go through a bit of a tough time, or you bowl a bad spell, and you just you just you don't appreciate what's around. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely, at some stage, you have to go right. Okay, what would Jeff Cook do now? What you know? What would he? Mm-hmm. What would he be saying? And he said, "Just enjoy the ride, enjoy the process, and you'll be fine."
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you think? Do you that, play, um, go on, go on, Brodie. No, go on, just quickly. You have um, you had a stint in grey cricket in Perth, didn't you? Back when you were about twenty or so.
3: I did. I played for South Perth on the on the roundabout, unfortunately, where Ben Hollyoke um, crashed his car, unfortunately. But that was, I mean, once again, a brilliant experience. Learned a hell of a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. I've had, I've
2: had a few stints in, in great cricket in in uh, in Perth at Willerton. And you, I, that, yeah, that made me grow up a lot and made me realise a lot more about my cricket.
3: Yeah, I mean, we. I mean, that 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 time there was was fantastic. I remember. I remember, once again. I remember going there. Um. I remember it was snowing in England. I went across there, and I played. I played. I can't remember what the team was. Um, might have been like Bays, bayswater Molly and I was playing for South, South Perth, and they, they had red helmets. And I didn't. I didn't know who at the time, but it was Luke Ronchi, uh, who of course was a hell of a player. And I ball. And I was. I was in decent. You know, I felt okay, but of course it was snowing here. I went across. I had me. I got picked up from the airport. I had me arm on the windowsill. Uh, sorry, on the window, with the window down. Literally, I had third-degree burns on my arm. No. Uh, um, <laughs> off, oh, honestly, I was literally, I had blisters on my arm. It was horrendous. Oh, my I bowled, two, I bowled two overs in the game, and I couldn't, I, I was like, I, you know, the prickly heat, and you were sweating it. You know, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not made up for this. <laughs> at all. Hor- horrendous experience. Um, but of course, and then I got, I got dropped to the second team. Uh, they were like, oh, look, we need you need to just you know play a few games and stuff." Then, and then actually got I got dropped to the third team, but it was all it, I think that like I look back it now it was all a process of just finding out about me and and how I'm gonna you know get better. Um, and it, it was it was good. I, it was good. I mean, obviously I, I wanted to go across there and, and do really well, but the advantage of it is I came back and played for Dortmund. I did I did do it well, so it kind of worked out well for me.
0: Just going back to what you said about Jeff Cook then, um, Graham, about how, you know, just enjoy it, just enjoy it. That whole approach of what would he say now? Well, you know, just just relax, soak it all in, drink it in. Is that what we see now with Mark Wood and Stokesy and to an extent as well, you know, Keaton Jennings, you know, he looked like he was kind of enjoying it as well. And when we when we watched him, we saw him in Sri Lanka scoring that ton and he just looked <clears throat> like he was just drinking it in. Is that is that a, a mantra that's kind of been instilled and you know, perhaps I don't know. Maybe you've even passed that on to them, and actually, you know, told told them, given them that that advice yourself.
3: Well, it's funny. The three people that you talk about there is obviously that their the local, you know, Durham lads and mm. Northeast lads who are class. And you know, Ben Stokes has got that that aura about him that it's almost like I don't care. I'm just going to go out there and play and perform, and I back myself one hundred percent. So I think he naturally probably had that in him anyway, and that's probably why he's in a world beater and probably one of the best cricketers ever. Um, Mark Wood, without a doubt, is a bit more like me. Um, with regards to, he's had a lot of injuries and a lot of a lot of ups and downs. And I think the Jeff Cook, you know, mantra as such is definitely rubbed off on him. And, and kind of, you know, when, when you when you have so many downs and you and you worry about his, you know, your ankle or your back or whatever it is as a fast bowler, you get to a stage, you know, you just think, tell you what, I'm just going to give it a crack. I'm just going to give it a go, and I'm just going to give it everything. Um and you sh- of course you should do you should do that all the time, but you you don't, you don't, and you kinda just forget that you know, you know, what, what you're doing, what are you actually doing right now. Um and I think Mark would without a doubt is probably at that stage now. And it- that might be a little bit of you know, a bit of his personality of, you know, having a bit of fun and having a bit of a laugh. Um he's always been like that character, but it might be even more so now and it's you know, it's rubbing off on him now. He's, you know, he's fit. He's bowling well. He's, he's obviously, uh, he's obviously rapid, and he's winning games. So, you know, good on him.
0: How good would Woody be in the Ashes down under? By the way, how frightening would would that be? A full-firing Mark Wood, it'd be brilliant. Yeah, special. Yeah,
3: yeah, it would, uh, yeah. It would be special. I mean, um, he, he's got, he's got an unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I we, long like, spell against Durham this year, and he came back. And I, I forgot how quick, you know, 90, you know, 95 mile an hour was. And he bowled. And Keaton Jen's got 100 to be fair. He played absolutely brilliantly. Um, but honestly, I kid you not, he was rapid. And I'm talking about, you know, we, we had Shobach, our Sean Tate back in the day, who were overseas at, at Durham. And it was as quick as that, comfortably rapid. Um, so if he, you know, if he plays in that, um, if he, you know, if he plays in that that series down under, you know, count me. I'll be I'll be wearing my ball, me army hat, and count me, in, count me in. I'll be there. Quite
0: right. Yes, love that, Chris. <laughs> very welcome, isn't he? You know, come along.
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. More the merrier on tour. You know, Graham. It's a it's a <laughs> free for all when it comes to singing and, and having a bit of a laugh in the stands. But
3: just oh, count me in.
1: Just on that, the um the bowling attack for England for the future, obviously. A paceman yourself, England. Are you excited by the um, England bowling options for the future, especially with the
2: Ashes looming?
3: Yeah, I mean, um, sorry, Brooks, you haven't quite made a team, pal. You're not. You're not. <laughs> um, I wouldn't
2: get in your seventh team, I think, currently. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: no, I think, I think, I think the the you know the barrier fast bowlers that we've got right now is, is, is of course, it's exciting. Uh, you know, I've spoken to Jimmy. He's he's unbelievably excited about going, you know, constantly getting better. And at this period of time with, of course, lockdown and, you know, it'll either, it'll either kind of put some ballers off and they'll find it hard, especially the older generation. But I think it'll also prolong people as long as you stay in fit and, you, and you've got that desire to get better. So I do honestly believe that, you know, you know, Broad Anderson, these guys can can go to Australia, Walks, you know, Wood. I think Stone is a phenomenal Bowler that can, you know, get through his injuries and he'll be great. You know, know, I mean, Craig Oven, unbelievable. These guys probably deserve to play a few more games. Um, You've got, of course, Wooden and Archer. You've got, uh, I still think, someone like Jamie Overton. I think he's, you know, an exciting prospect. He hasn't played as much cricket as maybe he's deserved. He's made the move to hopefully get some more cricket in. Um, Saki Mahmood, you've got Richard Gleeson. I mean, honestly, you've got players that are, um exciting to to think right okay what well, the future is bright um but also like you've got to you've got to let these guys go out and play and, and bowl because you know there's a there's a lot of stuff now on you know you're playing so many different formats you've got you've got to especially the longer format again. they've got to you've got to get your 50, 450 overs in and in, in, in bowl get your 50 60 70 wickets yeah
2: um, yeah just
3: I always felt my best when I bowled a lot of overs.
2: Like if if, if you play a full summer of county cricket, obviously not this summer, but a normal
3: summer, you would be 500 overs plus, wouldn't you? Yeah, and then yeah, you, you, you practice overs and stuff on top of it, and um, I mean the, the GPS. I mean I never had a GPS at Durham. I mean Durham couldn't afford to have those. You go to Lancs, and of course you get that, and you get to June, Um and you. The, uh, you know you, you speak to somebody at Lanks and you go look Grim you have gotta be wary him, you're in the red zone I'm like look I've never really <laughs> never really heard of the red zone you just you know you're racking up you know 350 overs and, and the rest of the guys up you know have been looked after they're on 200. But it's just your body gets hardened and you you need to do it. I mean these these guys who are gonna get selected um to frog players you gotta you've got to you know if you get 70 wickets as a batter, you get you you average forty five. You've got a great chance of playing for England, definitely, yeah. and that's that's always been, in my opinion, the, the, what you've got to uh, you know aspire to be. And you aspire to be someone like Mark Strettescroth playing playing like, going thousands of runs all the time and are taking loads of wickets. Well, that's what you should be looking looking up to, you know, without, without a shadow of a doubt. You
0: took a boatload of wickets, didn't you? And obviously finish, finishing up at, at Lanks and that was, you know, fan, great, sort of a great end, obviously changing club as well. How is, how's that, you know, was that weird? I mean, Brooksy, so you, you know, you speak about this on the pod a bit, moving to a different club in a different environment. What was that like for you though? Because you were a Durham boy through and through, as we found out on the pod. I mean, you know, you, you sort of lived and breathed Durham. So obviously, moving on into in into lengths, and I know you said the dressing room was kind of welcoming. You obviously had a bit of you know that that amazing pedigree, having played for England and 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 playing an Ashes series, etc. But what was that like? What you know, going into a completely strange environment, it must have been a bit weird. Yeah, I didn't.
3: I, I mean, at, at the time, I. I, I I, I didn't really want to leave. Uh, that's that's my home county, It's where I um, where I grew up, and I wanted to. Of course, I wanted to probably finish my career there. Um, it wasn't to be. Equally, I made the move, and I, and I had two fantastic years at an unbelievable county that I played against over the years. And I was thinking, Gee, I mean, that's a good county, you know. That's a good team, so much you know history and tradition and stuff. So very proud, you know, to you know to wear the red, the red rose and be part of that team it definitely gives you you know a little i've never needed a kick up the backside but it definitely makes you train a little bit harder uh, and kind of get um the absolute maximum out of me i've always said that you know dave Roberts, um who's the head of the snc and samburn that uh, absolutely gave me everything uh, to get the best out of me uh, of course you need to train but you need a good backroom staff as well and um I, yeah I made the move it was it was great um I, I settled in I found it I, I found it really really enjoyable to go and play um unfortunately, unfortunately we got relegated so that wasn't particularly uh, ideal um but I got you know I got a few wickets I settled in um the year after of course we got promoted and then, um we'll not talk about this year because it's been it's been crap hasn't it so um <laughs> yeah but yeah I, look I, I'm I, it, it wasn't an ideal moving, but I moved for you know for a few different reasons, and I'm, I'm I suppose in a way it's it, you know I've got as I said I've got no regrets. It was, it's, it's been a good move in the end. Yeah, sometimes it'd be good, to freshen up your career, mate, give you a different taste of another
2: environment. Because if you, I think you're going into coaching, maybe aren't you? So it gives yeah. you a, gives you an idea of different environments. Obviously, you've had England environment and a county environment, but you get a taste of how different coaches work, different environments. Um, it'll really help you going forward a, a bit more of understanding about
3: things, won't it? Yeah, I agree and working with different players and what, what you know different players' needs and things like that. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, naturally you're nervous, you do, you think, well, no matter if you play X amount of games or you know, you make a move from a young age, you know, you still walk in that change room and you you naturally think, Okay, I want to impress them or I wanna I wanna do the right thing. But I, I think it's the same as anything. You know, you know, you want to score your first hundred or you want to get your first five or, Takes the pressure off you and you make you feel welcome. And, you know, I was I was able to do that, um, you know, relatively early on. So I was, I kind of settled in quite nicely.
1: Before we go, I just want to make sure we've not missed something. I feel like we have an ODI debut at Chesterly Street against the Aussies hmm. getting out an opener who is now the current Australian Test captain. Is that right?
3: Yeah, Tim Payne. Yeah, I remember it well.
1: Surely that deserves some airtime on the Barmy Army on- oh, podcast. definitely, the Aussie captain in an ODI debut.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, I love that. So, talk us through, talk us through that. Great. I mean, first of all, by the way, playing an ODI against the Aussies at Chesterley Street as a debut. I mean, brilliant. It doesn't get any better for you than that, surely?
3: Yeah, I played a Test match as well, actually, which was which is unbelievable because we went from Lords to against the West Indies to uh, to Durham um, overcast day. Uh, um, yeah sorry I know you asked me about the one, the old ODI stuff but yeah we, we sorry play, so I played at lords and then went to Chester, played the um came on the ball in a, in, in my cost my second test match uh, chris Scale hit me for six straight over my head second ball oh nice <laughs> and i was like and i Welcome. was like oh my word um but the plan the plan the plan was him uh, to him was to you know to bowl on his hip, you know, and I was like, bowl on his hip. Well I've always just bowled county, county, you know, just top of off stuff, <laughs> you'll be all right, straight over my head, six, like champion. Um but but yeah, um got I, I did actually get him out, which was quite nice, and then Jimmy Anderson swung around callers and uh, on an overcast day. But I mean the, the i think it, it's a it's a it's the thing that we always seem to do is that if you, if you perform well and you're in the setup, it's like, okay, you can go, you can go and you get, you know, you get picked in the ODI squad. And of course it was amazing. I absolutely loved the day. Once again, I, I bowled nicely. I, I don't think I went from any runs and I got Tim Payne out. Um, I'd like to say with well, a wobble team, was probably a little bit scrambled more than anything. And, and, <laughs> yeah. nicked him off uh, through to, um, to Matt Pryor. Um, but, I, I mean, I probably wasn't ready, you know, to play. I just, cause I remember going on, I only, only played five games. I didn't have a great slower ball. I didn't particularly have a great Yorker because it was something I never really practised, but I got picked because I'd done well in the red ball and the test match team. Um, I would have loved to have played more white ball cricket. It would have been great. I would have loved it. But as I said, you know, I wasn't. I didn't quite hit the pinnacles of, uh, of you know with the red ball uh, as I could have, you know. Um, sorry, with the white balls I could have. So, um, you know, it's something which you know, it's fine. I, I enjoyed that day once again. I, I remember, you know, walking out in the crowd being there and kind of having all my family there. They they pretty much took up the whole stand really. So that was you know that was good fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, special That's day. Awesome.
2: For it's an amazing, amazing memory. When it's your home, your home county, rest, you to think of that for the rest of your life. Something that yeah.
3: you can look I t- back on. I tell you what, Brooks. This is this is how much of a bit of a badger I am as well. Right? So on that day, <laughs> I, but, we, but we bowled first, and you might think I'm crazy for this, but it's just a bit of an insight of, of kind of what I was talking about early, earlier. Is is so? We bowled first, bowled ten, ten overs for whatever, Um came off the field, went to the nets by myself, and I had a bag of red balls because I wanted to. There was, there was test. There was obviously a, an Ashes series later on in the summer. Had a bag of red balls and I and I didn't have an inswinger, so basically over that that ODI series, I basically I taught myself how to bowl an inswinger. So I just <laughs> uh, like this is it's bonkers, isn't it? Really, I mean, can you can you imagine young young lads doing that now? You know, oh you know word. the red zone and I've just yeah. So I literally, I just I just got a bag of red balls, took my, no, no one really knew, and I just I was like right, okay, started off with a massive you know, dip me left shoulder and and cocked my <laughs> wrist, and then I just. I bowled I, I actually at in, in for the first time at at, at Michael Clark in the um at Edgebaston it was. Um it's crazy, isn't it, really? But you oh, just it. yeah, that was just my my way of going about my work and how I wanted to get better all the time.
2: That's fantastic,
3: fantastic lesson that you um you always learn, you're always trying to get better. But how old were you at that point? Oh god, could somebody Google that quickly? Um it was <laughs> two thousand and nine. Um 2009.
0: 27. now.
3: 27,
2: maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It got to like 27 international cricket, boss championship cricket, first class cricket for that long, and you didn't have a adequate enough in swing of. It's like that's crazy to think how your how it works like that, but testament to your attitude, yeah. really. It sort of sums you up in a way because I'm sure you you obviously you know you had your fair share of injuries, which is horrible, and it eventually got you this summer, which is so sad for someone like you to go out like that, but. If you look at what you battled back from in two thousand and sort of, was it two thousand and ten that initial back injury? Yeah. Um, you talk about resilience and, and always trying to get better and You must be so proud of coming back from that, getting back into the England team and going on to have such a long career.
3: Yeah, Rooksy, uh, it's it's, uh, it's very kind. It's it's um, it, you kind of get a bit emotional actually because you think you know like all you've ever uh, wanted to do since you signed that first contract is play. And I made a pact to myself, of course, 2010 was to get the absolute most out of your body and, and to be as good as you can be. And, and going back, obviously, I don't necessarily want to talk about the injury and, and how it all kind of planned out. But when I got inju- injured, I didn't think it was the end. Um, but I, I did make a pact that I'll, I'll go until I literally can't go anymore. And I kind of, I, I look back now thinking, actually, I did. I got everything out of me, that, out of my Suppose my my attitude, my skill, my body that I possibly could, and ultimately it's it's broke. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm you know from when I got injured, I had I, I, of course you have a tricky period where you start thinking, yeah, mate, you know what am I going to do? This is this is this is pretty aw- you know awful. But you know I, I'm okay now. You know I'm happy. I, I can look back, and it's great to talk to you guys, and it's nice when people say nice things because. It makes you think, oh, actually, I've, you know, I've, I've done okay. I've enjoyed the, you know, the journey. Um, it's, of course, it, it, it's up to me to try and pass some of that knowledge on to some of the young lads and kind of, yeah, live the next ch- chapter of my life, which hopefully will be, well, yeah, coaching.
0: I was going to finish off on that. So is that is that coaching? Is it is it that the route that you're wanting to go down, is it? Bowling coach or general coach?
3: yeah i i'm I obviously specialize in, in bowling coach uh could i see myself as a head coach i'm not i'm not sure um the i just, I, I, I there's there's honestly there's nothing better than a feeling of, of, of helping somebody to potentially fulfill their dreams and, and and you know in my my feeling you might be doing a one-to-one you might be doing a group, group session but if you if you just give them a little gold nugget that they go actually that really helps you just get that little you know that 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 feeling of a of a debut you know at lords where you get that little you know that you know the little hair stand up on your neck and you think actually that was great i loved that um of course it's the it's the most natural thing to kind of go into because it's what i've done for so long yeah. um but I've, I've got a huge passion for it um and and it won't necessarily mean I'll make a great coach, um, but I'd like to think I could, you know, try and help a few people along the way, and I'll give it my best shot.
0: Well, I think if you're Mantra on coaching is anything like it was, sort of trying to build yourself for different delivery in the middle of an ODI series, and also your keenness and fondness <laughs> for the game. I think you'll be a brilliant coach, Graham. Um,
3: it's th- barking mad, Anna. Really, <laughs>
0: you are, but in a great, great way. I love it. You channeled it in a great way. So, hey, mate, um, thanks so much for talking to us. We've had forty-five minutes, and thanks, lads. It's been Thank great. You. And um, yeah, echo everything that Brooks has said. It's um, you know had a fantastic career, and and Chris, you know. Graham yeah. was fondly remembered amongst the Barmy Army. So, um,
3: so yeah. So, th-
0: thanks so much, Graham. It's uh, really thanks good thanks of you so much to be coming on.
3: Cheers, for yeah, you. can I just can I just say, obviously, the Barmy Army are the best fans in the world, of course. Um, they've helped me massively. Um, I, I can't just say that like, just because you're in front of me here, but. Um, all the England, all England fans, of course, appreciate it massively. You spend so much money, time away from your family. Of course, you have a good time as well, but we do appreciate it. Cheers. Uh,
1: brilliant. That's a really nice note, Graham. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to, um, to watch you for
2: many years.
0: Yeah, thanks, lads. Top. I appreciate that. Thank you. Top man. Cheers, Graham. Take it easy. Cheers.
4: Podcast Network.